You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. So, you know, I was having dinner with a couple producers for this show. We were talking about the Baltimore School of the Arts, where someone on our team worked for 10 years and she mentioned that Tupac did ballet and we were just having this conversation about expanding the ideas of who can study something like classical ballet and the fact that this is a world that has traditionally uh, been sort of narrow in the way types of people that will you know study ballet and also the fact that it's hasn't really necessarily tried that hard to draw in young men and certainly not young black men. And Misty Copeland is my guest today and she has broken records from a young age and now she is just pushing for exactly that, for more diversity in dance with her foundation, the Misty Copeland Foundation. She's the first black principal ballerina at the American Ballet Theater. And I might add that it took them 70 years to get there. So lean in. I'm glad you're here for this one. Hey, thank you everybody for being here today. I'm very, very excited to have our guest, Misty Copeland, with us on the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, get out from under the rock. This is one of uh, America's greatest ballerinas um, with an incredible uh, history and an incredible story. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm i always looking for connections. That's kind of like what... The, kind of one of the essence of, of this uh, particular podcast. And it's it's interesting because recently I was speaking to um, uh, Eli Manning, who was a great uh, quarterback for the New York Giants. And uh, I was talking about how hard it is for me to picture doing what he does for a living. And, you know, in my job, I'm constantly meeting with people and trying to do research and ride-alongs and, and, you know, trying to make me look like I could actually do a job that I have no, would have no idea how to do. So when I look at something like, you know, being a quarterback, but the strange thing is, is that I did a dance movie and I can't imagine being a dancer. I mean, I just, I just think about that. Like, uh, it's, it, you know, the, the, the discipline and the, and the, and the dedication and the toll on your body and all those things in that really tiny little moment that I had to ex- experience, it really kicked my ass. So I'm really curious about what the, what the, what the, what the choice was and what, what was the road that brought you to this life? Yeah. I, I love hearing 
people's experiences with dance and so many people in, in that have ventured into all different you know areas of, of whatever it is they choose to do have some sort of connection with it you know i think it's such a um an innate part of um us as human beings like what we do like the first thing we do when we come out of the womb is we scream and we move our bodies like that's like how we communicate before we have language we move our bodies and um so it's it's always fascinating for me to hear people's experience with that um and it was something that i kind of clung on to from a very young age um growing up uh one of six children in a single parent home a middle child and um, already I was uh, very shy and introverted. And so dance became this very natural outlet for me to find my voice. Um, but ballet, I I had no introduction to ballet at, at all. I didn't know what it was. I'd never mm -hmm. heard classical music. Um, and that wouldn't come into my life until I was 13 years old. And it was- So what were you listening to? Oh man. Well, uh, Mariah Carey was a huge, <laughs> a Mariah huge Carey, inspiration right. for me because she, she her her debut album came out when I was like seven, eight years old, um, and you know it was the first time I felt really connected to someone, and I felt like I could see myself through her being biracial, and I felt like I didn't have a lot of that representation. I, that's not something I could identify at that age. It would take me years to like really recognize why I was so fascinated but by her. But you saw something that you music. recognized. Yeah. But I saw something. But I, I mm -hmm. listened to a lot of like pop and hip hop and R&B um, music and I was creating to that. Um, so when I was introduced to ballet, it was so foreign. Um, it was at a boys and girls club at, at my community center that was like right across the street from the public school I was attending in San Pedro, California. And... Um, Immediately, the teacher who was offering this free ballet class at mm. the at the Boys and Girls Club on the basketball court in the gym, um, she immediately saw talent. She said, you're a prodigy and I want to bring you into my school on full scholarship. Um, and it was shocking to me. Like, I, I didn't really know what ballet was. How, how meant. old were you? I, I'm, I'm, I, maybe I didn't hear that. But how old were you? I was 13. 13. OK, so 13 seems kind of isn't it kind of late for for ballet it is old, old. <laughs> for ballet <laughs> it has been <laughs> yes. wow wow yeah i mean similar to you know when you you think about like figure skaters or or gym, gymnasts yeah. um yeah, you know you where the, there's yeah you start young where there there's this idea that you want to mold the body and really ingrain this language and technique before the 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 body hits puberty to be blunt, um, mm -hmm. and, and just so that it's something that's really ingrained and becomes second nature. So by the time you become a teenager, a young adult, uh, you're not thinking about these things. You're starting to work on your artistry. Um, it's, it's literally wanting to mold the actual body of the child into, yes. into whatever that thing happens to be. Exactly. Amazing. Wow. And, um, you know, I, I think I was built for this. Um, uh -huh. I think I was born with, with the body. And uh, my body was still agile and like really just kind of uh, soaked up all of this information so quickly, mm. uh, you know, and, and I was called a prodigy. And um, it took some uh, some kind of, you know, like pushing for me to really um, want to commit to it, because at the time I was on the dance team at my middle school. And that to me was like so much fun. I was dancing to like George Michael and mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, I didn't really have any interest in this thing called, you know, classical ballet and classical music. But it wasn't until I left the Boys and Girls Club and was taken into the local ballet school that I really started to feel empowered. And mm. um, and like I was a part of something that was bigger than me that I had a, a sense of purpose that I never experienced. Um, and it, it was like this technique was everything I uh, was searching for and needed. Um, not, not, you know, not in terms of just like physicality, but um, emotionally and intellectually. Uh, there were so many things uh, as a young person that I was not, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I hadn't evolved in the way that I think I needed to at that point because of what I had been exposed to in my young life. Mm -hmm. um, and ballet kind of allowed me to like speed up and catch up to where I needed to be in so many ways. Um, 
and that's like the beauty of art. Yeah, well, I can a hundred percent relate to one piece of that, and that is that I remember um, I've actually talked about it on this the show before, but that the first time that I got into an acting class, um, you know, I was a probably about. 12 or something and you know preteen and you know trying to be cool and trying to be tough and you know trying to be a boy and do all that stuff and it was so freeing to me because I could be vulnerable I could be uh, I, I found it whether I even knew this word I found it immediately therapeutic so it wasn't just that the 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 creation of the the part or the art, it was actually something that was, whether I wasn't even cognizant of it, but I think I really needed it to help me uh, get through these, those years, which are, you know, they're tough years in, in any situation. So it sounds like it gave you something that was pretty deep and profound on a personal level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so much of what you're saying. I mean, it definitely was therapeutic. I, it it also gave me this sense of stability and structure that I had never experienced. There was mm. a lot of chaos and and moving around in in my childhood, and um, to have something that I come to, I know it's going to be there every day. I don't know. It was like three thirty, my ballet class, and um, and I knew exactly what we were going to do. The structure of the class. We're going to start with plies, go to tendus and degages and fondies, and you know, there's this this consistency that's built that um, becomes almost like a meditation um, that allowed my body just to like uh, release and relax. I was such a, a, a tense, nervous child. Um, because of that lack of stability and not knowing if there was going to be food on the table or a roof over our heads. And there was something that um, ballet just gave me this um, this sense of safety almost. Have you ever, in retrospect, um, questioned or, or wondered about ballet uh, in terms of those those things, in terms of a child, you know, having such a rigorous schedule, having such a difficult, um uh you know physically difficult workload to accomplish every day being in the spotlight all those kinds of things i mean it's kind of like the question of uh you know would you let your kid play football you know i mean do do you have you ever questioned any of those things as you've grown up or 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 lived your life or had this career no i really i really haven't i feel i feel very fortunate because of um the teachers that i've had Mm -hmm. I've, I've, I know those teachers that aren't nurturing and that perpetuate the trauma they've experienced. Mm, yeah, and right. Right, and yeah. I don't feel that I had that experience, I, I, which is so rare <laughs> in the ballet world. Um, you know, but I had an environment that was very nurturing um, and that allowed me to feel like this is fun. This is something I want to return to. I enjoyed the challenge. Um, and it just felt like beauty to me. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like, you know, I think people think of it, often think of, of discipline, a discipline in like a negative way. Sure. Um, I would absolutely um, put my son in ballet. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, I mean, this was the reason for starting the Misty Copeland Foundation and, um, and starting our, our signature program, Be Bold, was with this idea that when you remove all of the stuff at its core, ballet is so good. There's so many incredible tools that you can take into all areas of your life. You know, it's not just about becoming a professional dancer. Um, you know, it's it's being exposed to the to the rigor, to the joy, to the music, um, to the discipline. To, you know, so so many things that you get from being an athlete and an artist, and it's really um, combined in ballet. How old is your son? He is um, uh, almost eighteen months. Eighteen months. Okay, so he's he's probably not dancing yet. Although maybe I he, don't know. He is. He is. Okay, so there <laughs> he, you go. He is. <laughs> Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. 
That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. But this brings up a question that's that's always kind of amazed me, and you sort of alluded to it a little bit because you said that you were a natural. I mean, obviously, if you were uh, you know that much of a prodigy at such a young age and and such an accelerated you know kind of uh, career, you know, uh, I'll go to a, a a wedding and look around, and there'll be people, and I just can't even understand how they could be so off about the way they move i'm not even talking about like i'm not even talking about choices of of what kind of moves you're gonna do i'm talking about literal like no idea that there is a beat like no idea not even talking about clapping on the one and the three i'm talking about like you literally not hearing that there's any kind of rhythm to and and I wonder if there's if if that is a nature nurture thing I mean I literally I'm not a, I'm not a great dancer but from the time I was a little kid I could dance yeah I mean yeah. I, I could I, I'm, 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 I'm I'm not I'm not skilled whatever but I can definitely hear what the thing is, yeah, is supposed yeah. to be what, what what what's your feeling about that? I've never spoken to a, a, a ballet dancer about that. Um, I so I'm a believer that anything is possible. I, okay, I, 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 I do. <laughs> I don't I, I, I don't. I, I do. I think that um, it may not look the way that you you imagine it should look, but mm-hmm. there's possibility in growth um, if someone is exposed to it and um, and taught. Uh, I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it happen. I've seen dancers that have grown immensely, like, you know, with the right focus and and um, intention and, and nurturing um, people that, it, you know, it's like, I don't know if there's any potential there. And then, you know, I don't know however many years later, but I do. I think it's possible. And you, you believe know, it I also, can all be taught. It can all be taught. I I don't know about all, but mm-hmm. I think that everyone can learn to dance to like the best of their ability Mm-hmm. But there can there can be something learned and improvement made, um, yeah. So yeah, I think so. <laughs> so everyone, right now, get up, put on Mariah Carey. And, yes. And get to if it. If you have a if you have a body, <laughs> you, if you have a body, you can dance. Well, listen. I mean, your heart beats in rhythm, right? Yeah. Our hearts beat in rhythm. It should it, yeah. it it should be a natural it should be a natural thing. I was reading that. Yeah. Um, I was reading that you performed. Did you perform with Taylor Swift? 
Yes, I that's, you know I've, that's wild. I've speaking of pop was, stars, it was really yeah, it was really an incredible experience to perform um, with someone not only that's you know talented and successful, but that's so gracious and um, and uh, grounded. Um, that's always How about like Prince a, was an Prince gracious bonus. and grounded. In a different way. In a different yes. way. <laughs> in a different way. I mean, Pr Prince, I you know, that's one of the closest collaborations that I've had with another artist, and um, and spent many many years working with him on and off, and um, he just had uh, such a confidence and and a way about him, and I think that a lot of people didn't realize was how much he gave back, and um, and mentored, and was constantly looking for. Um, you know, someone young and up and coming that he could um, kind of take under his wing. That's cool. He, he, I, I didn't find this out until after he had passed, but that he had been following my career since I was um, about fourteen or fifteen years old. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. But he, we we ended up collaborating for the first time. I think when I was around twenty six, twenty seven. Wow. Uh, but he had been trying to contact me and had been following my career. But he's that way with a lot of young artists and. Um, and it's amazing to be able to have access to someone like him with his experience and incredible gifts and to get to be on stage and perform with and see it firsthand oh, wow. and learn from a genius. So I, I you know, attribute a, a lot of my growth as an artist um, to the time that we spent working together. Did you have a mentor? Was that was mentorship important? I mean, to you when you were when you were coming up? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, what's so interesting is that it's really built in to the to the ballet structure. Mm. Um, you know, it's so much of of the choreography and kind of notes and things like that aren't really documented um, in writing. So a lot of what we what we learn is passed down literally from one mouth to the next. And so there's this kind of built-in mentorship within the structure of how how a ballet company or school works. Uh, uh. Um, and so my my first ballet teacher was definitely like that for me. And it just became something that was um, natural for me to kind of seek out or be open to the idea of guidance. Um, Victoria Rowell was probably one of the first uh, people that really took me under her wing, actress, soap opera actress, and she mm. actually started out as a as a ballerina um, oh, okay. at American Ballet Theater. And uh, to have um, someone who has walked in those in my shoes, or, you know, as a black woman in a ballet company where you don't see anyone who looks like you, like it was just meant a lot just to sit down and see her, hear the stories, have these conversations, and it's it's been such a big part of, of my journey is just having um, mentors in in my life. The first black prima ballerina in the history of. ABT, which is American Ballet Theater, which is something amazing to be um, to be so proud of. Uh, it only took them seventy five years, um, but but you were it, and that's quite an accomplishment. Um, you know, you mentioned something which is fascinating to me, and that is that. Well, there's two pieces of it. I mean, back to uh, I guess football's on my mind, but back to you know athletes. That, they use their bodies um, and they have to, you know, sacrifice their bodies in, in the, those kinds of ways. But what's going on on their face, maybe in baseball, but is basically not the story. It's all about mm -hmm. this machine. Whereas in ballet, that's a big, big piece of it is this for lack of a better word, acting component, you know, the emotional component. It's not just, you know, how how well you hear the music or point your toes or how high you leap or any of those things. And my question is, you've performed, you know, countless ballets that are choreographed and the choreography, I, I don't even know if this is true, but it's written down correct? Like there's an actual notation or there's a way to write it like there is music of what the choreography is. Yes. But are you, how, to what extent can you make choices? So like my, my 
the whole thing is is you know I get a I get a character written down on a page, but then it's all about the choices that I make, and maybe the choices that I make between take one and take four, or also that if I'm doing a play, the choices that I'm going to make on a on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday afternoon change all the time. So I'm wondering when you're in the in the heat heat of it, how much of those choices you're allowed to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, so there is dance notation, um, but mm-hmm. it's like such a a rare art and we rarely use it but again like i was saying it's literally just passed down from uh from dancer to dancer and whoever is whoever owns uh, okay. the ballet and sets the ballet so they literally sit you in a room oh, from and the dancers from, not from, from the choreographers their, well the choreographers long dead so okay. <laughs> with a lot right. of these okay. ballets so it's really passed on from like ballerina to ba- like that's the you know it was it was created on them and then it was passed on to another ballerina then to another ballerina so it's literally handed down like that um but within that so you're you're taught exact choreography that you have to do like there's there's no real wiggle room within these um you know ballets that were created in like the late 1800s um but when it comes to character like you do have a choice in how you approach certain things um also depending on who's setting the ballet so there are some some uh former dancers that will come and have kind of ownership over what the ballet will look like and and they don't really have give you a lot of space but okay. for me personally i have often done a lot of research outside of the ballet company and gotten um coaching um in terms of like theater acting outside of american ballet theater mm-hmm. and will make choices in the moment on stage when uh it's too late for anyone to say anything to me yeah <laughs> i like it i like it <laughs> cuz there's no take 2 there's uh, no take that's 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 the I way mean, to be i like i like that a lot that's 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 awesome tell me about the flowers movie i mean you're you have you you you, you I, let me just say you're doing so many other things uh, besides dancing uh films and and books and i think children's books as well and yeah and, you know all kinds of um charitable work which we're going to get into but i'm curious about the flowers movie yeah, I mean it's it's a great segue in terms of what we were just talking about because what's been so fascinating um stepping into this space. So I, I have a production company that I started with my best friend who is a former ballerina. We met at American Ballet Theater and she transitioned um after only a year of dancing professionally um into uh writing and producing in television and that's what she's been doing for almost 20 years. Um and so we created this production company and to transition into being creative in in this space, um, you know, I have so much. I have to take much more initiative, and I have much more agency and um, creative uh, power and freedom in a way that like I never experienced in my field. So, uh, with this, this is our first project that really has come to fruition. Um, it's a short film. It's an art activism film called Flower, and I produced it and. Um, came up with the concept with our executive producer, Nelson George, and I star in it. Um, and, you know, it was just uh, such a, a unique experience for me to be um, acting on camera without words. It's all through, I guess, mime type movement and mm. dance. Um, and, uh, you know, the just the differences of what you need to do when you're in front of a camera versus, you know, the Metropolitan Opera House and mm-hmm. projecting to the top tier of the theater. Um, so that that experience was um, challenging, but also, you know, I, I love to have like an artistic and physical challenge. So it was such a cool experience. But to use my art and to use my voice, my platform to um, highlight and focus on a community that um, at the time when we filmed it, it was during the pandemic was, you know, is really struggling. Uh, Oakland, California, you know, with gentrification and the housing crisis and then homelessness and, and houselessness in that community. So to be able to um shine a light, highlight the artists in that community um, and tell a story that uh, I think is important for them was just a really, really cool experience. I got to check that out. That sounds that sounds amazing. Uh, I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. If you are inspired by today's episode, please join us in supporting SixDegrees.org by texting the word BACON to 707070. Your gift empowers us to continue to produce programs that highlight the incredible work of everyday heroes, while also enabling us to provide essential resources to those that need it the most. Once again, text BACON to 707070 or visit SixDegrees.org to learn more. Okay, well, I think this is a good spot to welcome to the show Karen Campbell. Karen is the executive director of Misty's Foundation, the Misty Copeland Foundation. Hi, Karen. Thanks for being here today with us. Hi, Kevin. Thank you. Tell us about Be Bold. It stands for Ballet Explorations. Ballet offers leadership development. And we're actually celebrating one year anniversary of this program. And it's after school for children five to 12 years old. So there's a big age range um, to learn ballet in a, an affordable, accessible, and fun way. So we, we have 12 week cycles, twice a week, one hour at each class. And it's two teaching artists and a musician. And Misty had the idea that she wanted it to be fun and for kids to learn in a less traditional way, still structured, but less traditional. So having African drums or a bass guitar player or keyboards, you know, we do across the board, like different instruments. And they, during the course of the class, what's so amazing, and this is Misty's vision, was that each class would start with community agreements so the teaching artists and the children would talk about how they're what they want to have happen in the class and what shouldn't happen. So things that give them agency, are they feeling comfortable? Are they feeling welcomed? Are they feeling good to continue during the course of the class? And they'll do a circle up in the beginning and talk about how they're feeling. Like, am I feeling cloudy today? Am I feeling sunny today? So that's how each class starts. And it's really important for a couple of reasons. One, kids during COVID had no opportunity for after school, obviously, or for often expressing their feelings, especially this you know, community that we're working with. Um, and then for them to be able to work with these teaching artists and musicians, each um, the framework that we're, we've created, we're calling it a framework, not a curriculum because we're basically flying the plane as we're, as we're building it. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're working with a child developmental psychologist and a DEIA consultant to determine the best ways to work with these children who have had trauma during before COVID, certainly during, and now afterwards, you know, finding a way to find their voice and to feel like they have something that gives them structure to Misty's point, ballet has that ability to give structure 
and kind of life for them outside of their lives, the lives that they've had. And we know that after school programming in particular, you know, they often don't have that opportunity. There's so much about that that I love. Um, first off, the fact that the Misty, I mean, you talked about the experience that you had and and going into uh, this this ballet class and and trying to get a hold of the the chaos in in your life and and feeling that. Um, I also think that I feel like we don't even really have had we haven't even quite reckoned with what COVID must have been like for for children um, and or continues to be or whatever. Um, my brother's got COVID right now. You know, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I think that the, it, it is so, so interesting to focus on, on, on that, what that trauma is and, and, and having to deal with it, but also not, not just doing the dancing, but coming in and talking about, you know, what, what, what's going on for you and what you want to do with that day. It's, it's all great. And I love the idea that there's a live musician because you know yeah. there's nothing you could put on the best recording of an african drum and it's just not going to be the same as the way it feels to see someone hitting that thing in the, in the room i mean i think that's really that sounds great how do you how do you where do you put these schools how do you find the schools how does it spread well you know we started because misty started at boys and girls club and has a relationship, continuing relationship with them. We started at Boys and Girls Clubs in the Bronx and in Harlem um, because they had the children. They already had after school. They often had the facility, like a dance studio that we could use. Um, and sometimes they even had teaching artists that we can employ as well. So that was the beginning of it. And now in the spring, we had about, set. we were in seven sites. Now this fall, we're going to be in 14 sites. So we... We've grown kind of quickly, but in a in a very organic and wonderful way. And through our network of we have an advisory council of dance professionals, dance teachers, um, people who we could go to in order to find these teaching artists. And that's been the most amazing thing to be able to grow it pretty quickly. Um, one of the other things that we found was that we needed it in the spring. We found that we needed it to be more ballet focused and Misty really thought that was important. So the way the framework is set up now, it's more ballet focused instead of movement, but it also continues to be, um, impactful. So the developmental psychologist has done an impact study for us already so that we can see what we're doing right and what we need to improve. And one of the things that we need to, we're hoping to improve is to get more boys involved in the program, which you can imagine um, at the beginning of each session, the program director, Cindy Folgar and I, we go to each site and talk to the caregivers. So we get some buy-in. So they understand what we're doing. Cause often you, you can imagine like ballet, what does that mean to a lot of people in the community and certainly to boys. Um, but we were really lucky that this fall in our training, we just did a three-day training for our new teaching artists. We have six men of color, which is amazing, which means that we can have more outreach, hopefully, for boys in the community and, and just a way to explain to them. And you're talking about Eli Manning. There are so many. I was just talking to um, Alan Houston, who's a former basketball player, one of his um, oh, yeah, philanthropic people. Yeah. Well, I don't know if anyone, everyone in your audience. Oh, good, good, good point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, but we were talking about how athletes, professional athletes really use ballet often. And that's something that it's important for, you know, young kids to understand. So it's just a way to buy in and for them to understand there are, there are avenues to out for outreach in a lot of different ways. So it's the music. It's a lot of different things. That's great. I love that. Oh, this is this is sounds like such a such a such a great program. Uh, uh, were you a dancer? How, what, how did you get involved? Did no. you guys know each other? No, we it's I we feel like I feel like I've known her yeah. forever, and we've only known each other for about six months. I've only been working at the foundation. Is for it six only months. been six months? Oh my gosh, yes. it feels like a long yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, I was at Alvin Ailey before starting with Misty. So I was there for eight years, um, which is an amazing place. And actually my son, when you talk about going to a wedding, my son danced at Ailey before I worked there. So. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah, yeah wow. it was, it, it was, you know, really important for me to, um, to find a team that was diverse. Um, and, and it was really important that I had a CEO, you know, an executive director that was, that was a, a woman of color and to find Karen. I mean, everyone at Alvin Ailey comes up to me and they're like, why did you take her from us? <laughs> and I'm like, sorry guys, <laughs> we're doing, we're doing important work too. Um, but you know, it, I, it's really important that the people that the children are seeing, um, that they can see themselves through, through the people that are in these leadership positions. Absolutely. And, um, and, you know, in, in starting this program, it's like, I wanted to take, Again, what I was saying earlier, like ballet at its core and all the incredible uh, elements of it and strip away all of the other stuff that um, has created, I think, even just in like film and media and television, this negative connotation and these negative tropes about what it is and get back to to, to what it can do for a human being and what it can do for a child and what it did for me. Um and so, you know, it was important that we built a framework that made sense for these communities. So we're not bringing this traditional European art form into these black and brown communities, but we're creating it and really curating it for them. So it's music, it's musicians, it's teaching artists who look like them. It's talking about the history, the black and brown history that we're not taught in, that we don't see in ballet history books, um, so that these dancers can say like, oh, there have been people that look like me who do this. There have been men, there have been black men that mm -hmm. have done this and have been successful. Um, so all of those elements were really important. Um, and in the end, it was like, we need to make this fun. Because again, it's like this this yeah. idea that ballet is boring and ballet is slow and and getting back to like using this technique and bringing people together in a community through movement and making it fun for them. That's that's fantastic. I, I, you, you mentioned, and I'm curious about this, that, that you have learned or decided to slide the, the program a little bit away from just movement and more towards ballet. So I'm just curious about that specifically. Yeah. You know, initially when we started out, we um, partnered up with an incredible organization called NDI, the National Dance Institute. Um that was founded by former principal dancer of, of New York City Ballet, Jacques Demboise. And um, he really created this incredible, fun way of introducing dance to kids in school um, in this incredible, fun way and an amazing structure. And so I went to them and I was like, how do we do this with ballet? And, you know, in our in our first, um, you know, pilot, um, it was definitely uh, kind of thin on the ballet and much more about creating this fun movement environment. And, um, you know, once I saw it on several classes, um, I realized that we could still have that concept, but to insert a little bit more structure of the ballet technique so that if these dancers, any of them wanted to go on and go into a school, a professional school, they would have a really legitimate ballet base to work from so that it wasn't, you know, that they were saying, oh, I was in this ballet class under Misty Copeland, and then they don't really have any any right. real language and idea <laughs> sure. of the technique. Um, sure. And and we found that we can combine all of those things. Um, it's amazing what we can fit in in an hour as well. Let me ask you both this. What is it about, uh, you know, reaching out to kids to give them uh, uh, this kind, these kinds of outlets to, to mentor, to give them an opportunity to do something outside of what, what their, their life or their environment. What, what is it that you think was in both of your upbringings that kind of steered you towards wanting to do this kind of work? Karen, I, Karen I'll start Mr. with you. Yeah. No, no, go ahead, Karen. <laughs> Um, I have said to Misty when I got this job, I have had very a varied career. Um, I started out in film production, and 
I actually like my first major movie was uh, Spike Lee's Malcolm X, and I was a production coordinator. Um, it's so auspicious, from, auspicious beginning. <laughs> yeah. Well, I worked at Paramount for a few years before, but that was my first production coordinator job. Wow. Um, but to have the uh, to have the experience of working in film. And especially when I was in it at that time for women, it was very challenging and to be a person of color. Um, and then ending up going into fundraising and ultimately ending up with NISTI and this foundation. To me, it was it's it's a huge thing to be able to give children this idea that there are things that you can do outside of your world. We're gonna show you what that looks like. And that we can really open up a world for them that they wouldn't have. And I feel like that is so important. That's so meaningful when you go into these classes. And we we haven't only been teaching them about dance, but we started getting tickets for different things for them to have the opportunities with their families to go see different performances and to get out in the wide, wider world, which I think for so many kids coming from where they come from, it's really important. Love that. Yeah, I mean, I've been on the receiving end of that for, um, you know, so much of my of my childhood in, in terms of like having teachers that invested in me and and what it's done for me. And so it, it's it's like a no brainer. It's like, oh, I need to do this. Like I've had that experience and I've seen what it's done for me. Um, and I feel like I, I've been given this opportunity and this platform um, in order to go back into these communities and and give them what I've learned and what I've experienced. And um, yeah, it's just, it, again, it's like a, a no-brainer to, um, to be able to continue that cycle um, because of all, all of the incredible things I've gained by being exposed to this art form and having incredible um, teachers and mentors along the way. That's awesome. I love that. You know, it's funny. I, I hadn't even thought about this when I was getting ready for this this uh, episode. But when I was a kid, well, I was probably about the uh, probably about four, fourteen or fifteen. I I got a summer um, scholarship to this thing called the Pennsylvania Governor's School for the Arts, where you auditioned and then you went out to this this you know thing for a few weeks in the summer you could study art and one of the one of the arts they had was they had music and they had acting of course I was there for the acting and one of the arts they had was ballet and uh, I made friends with this kid who was a ballet dancer in fact I think that summer he decided to become a ballet dancer I don't think he'd ever <laughs> done it he was he was an athlete and you know and just with like took to it and he got a scholarship to the Pennsylvania ballet and, and came back and, and lived in, in, in my house. Oh, we, wow. My mom, my mom wow. took him in and he lived in my house for, uh, for that entire year while he studied at the Pennsylvania ballet. And I hadn't really thought about this, but you know, I think up to that point, I hadn't really thought of that. You know, I kind of thought of it as something that girls do, basically. You know, I mean, you know, that's that was that's kind of the the thing. I mean, you were mentioning not only having uh, men, but but men of color be there and and be visible and 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 you know be seen and in, in with all that strength and grace and you know, and and it really did actually. It was pretty. Um, it was it 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 kind of you know, stuck with me. And, and I think yeah. it, 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 in some ways, you know, probably adjusted my ideas of what, what a, a dance is or what a dancer is. I didn't know anything about ballet. I mean, I, to me, ballet was, you know, just not something that was on my radar. Yeah. I mean, but, uh, but that's, that's, that's great that you guys are doing that. I think it sounds like a fantastic program. Um, how can people learn about it or reach out or, or, or help? You know, this is, this is the moment for the call to action. To go to our website and you can read more, learn a little more about us or contact us. If you want to learn more, come see a class. Kevin, we'd love to have you come see a class. I would love to come see a class. I really would. 
honestly. Oh my gosh, we would love that. Yeah, and you can I was follow gonna... us on Instagram as well, uh, Misty Copeland Foundation. Right. That would be fun. I was wondering if you ever had people come check it out. Yeah, we have guests. Yes. So it would be, be awesome to, yeah, to, to have you. All right, just don't expect me to show anybody any moves. That ship, <laughs> that ship is sailed. I don't know. <laughs> that ship is sailed. I'd have to. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for being here. It's great talking with you. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. It's been fantastic. Thank you. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of Six Degrees with Kevin Bacon. If you want to learn more about the Misty Copeland Foundation and all the work that they are up to, head over to their website, mistycopelandfoundation.org. mistycopelandfoundation.org. You can find all the links in our show notes. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to the show, to this show. Tune into the rest of our episodes. I think you're going to like them. You can find Six Degrees with Kevin Bacon on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you next time. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.